0: Welcome to the National CMV Foundation podcast. I'm Kristen Spitek, President and Chair of the National CMV Foundation. Congenital cytomegalovirus, or CMV infection, is arguably the most common preventable cause of neonatal disability in the United States, affecting more than 30,000 children per year. The National CMV Foundation is dedicated to educating women of childbearing age about congenital CMV, and our podcast series highlights advocacy, education, industry, and scientific advances in the space, bringing congenital cytomegalovirus to the forefront of the conversation. This podcast is brought to you by Meridian Bioscience working to create healthcare solutions that help save lives with each discovery, each diagnosis, every patient, every day. Today, we're chatting with Larry Mertz, Senior Vice President of Research and Development at Meridian Bioscience. Let's jump right in.
1: Hi, Larry. Thanks so much for joining us today.
0: Can you
1: please tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your professional experience?
0: All right. So
2: I have been working in the life science and diagnostics field for about 28 years. Um, I'm a classically trained molecular biologist, and um, I have a pretty strong track record of um, getting that diagnostic products to market um, through the FDA. I've done several assays, and um, my passion is creating solutions um, for infectious disease and human um, disease biomarker detection. But the thing is that I want to um, have a positive impact on human health care. And infectious disease is one passion.
1: Excellent. And so what initially brought you to Meridian Bioscience and how long have you been working there?
2: So interestingly, I've been at Meridian for about a year. Um, And uh, what brought me to Meridian is that Meridian has basically three platforms. They have a molecular platform. They have an amino assay lateral flow point of care platform. And they also have a blood chemistry platform. So what attracted me to the company is that there are uh, multiple um, uh, platforms that we have that will be able to impact health care. So that's what... Um, attracted me to the company, as well as, you know, um, probably, as some people may recall, Meridian was pretty much the first for C. diff and H. pylori infection diagnosis. So, there's a spirit of uh, pioneership here in terms of new diagnosis. So, that's the spirit in which
1: um, attracted me to the Excellent. So, I want to talk a little bit of- about congenital cytomegalovirus or CMV. Can you give us some background regarding congenital CMV from your perspective?
2: Right so my perspective about CMV is very interesting. Um, it surprises me that uh, CMV is not more of a healthcare topic or issue uh, today. Um, the prevalence of it, um, the fact that the unborn child is, could be negatively impacted with an infection uh, is very surprising to me. There's a lot of press, if you will, about things like Zika virus or other, you know, um, I don't want to say like opportunistic infections that, you know, hit the press. Um, surprising to me is that CMV is not a mainstay topic. That should be uh, discussed when it comes to the unprotected, and that would be for the newborn population. So that's the perplexing thing for me when it comes to CMV. Yep,
1: absolutely agree. Um, Can you give a little bit, just in terms of you know what kind of signs some babies have at birth, and why you think screening some of these babies at birth or or within the first 21 days of life? would be really important for future development.
2: So I guess, I guess that, you know, my, my opinion on this is that the screening is good, but I think it's inadequate. Um, so, okay, so you have a, ne- a neonate, and they're going to be screened. There's, you know, maybe a hearing test or something that happens within a few days of um, postpartum. And a child may pass the test, but that doesn't mean that there isn't an issue. What I would be concerned about is, uh, we need to have like a repeat testing or repeat visit because there are children that may clear an initial, uh, an initial screening, uh, just, you know, after birth. But we could be missing, you know, it's kind of like an iceberg, right? Iceberg, yeah, you got, you got, um, something above the water but there's a huge thing under the water that you don't know what what's there. And so my feeling is that there's integrated effort to screen children, you know, not just immediately after birth, but maybe, maybe a follow-up. Because the thing about CMV is it's very asymptomatic, right? I mean, it's interesting that, you know, nearly you know, half or more adults in this country have a CMV infection. You know, you, me, um, we're probably infected with CMV, but it's a latent infection and it's probably asymptomatic and we really don't know that it's there. It's kind of like a herpes infection in, in many ways. But the point is for the unprotected population, which would be the neonates or immunosuppressed people, that can um, succumb to CMV infections. They're really the undermet need in our healthcare system. Does that make sense?
1: It does. It does, and and I agree. I, you know, I think there is certainly opportunity to improve the screening process. Obviously, the screening process is not consistent today. There is, you know, a, a series of hearing targeted screening underway throughout many clinical sites. There is a push for universal screening. And I know that you know, Meridian um, is behind this this assay that you have developed. And if you could tell us a little bit more about what Alicia CMD is and how you believe that will improve newborn screening for CMD, that would be really helpful.
2: Right, so here at Meridian, we have the uh, first FDA-approved molecular molecular-based tests for screening for CMO. And um, what's also important in that is that the specimen type that uh, we have been calling for is saliva. And that's a very good uh, specimen type because I know urine and blood have been previous tests that have been, uh, have been done. The issue with blood is, of course, we're talking about neonates and taking an adequate blood sample. I mean, already, you know, these, these uh, neonates are being poked and prodded for other things that are important as well, you know, metabolic things. Um, so that's a challenge. And then, of course, urine is an issue because it's all about timing of sample collection, And, you know, something that isn't quite um, contemporary in terms of how you want to be testing um, sample. But the point is that saliva is very easy. You can take a swab. You can basically, it's like a buckle swab, you know. Like, for example, if I had to equate this, you know, anybody doing a 23andMean test today, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. The exact same thing. And, you know. That's acceptable in the human population. I mean how many people in this country have done 23? I know I've done it recently and I learned about things in my background that were surprising to me, but the point is that it's a very easy specimen collection, can be done at any time. So simple buckle swab and um and then you can get results uh with our meridian assay in about an hour. So you can actually get an answer as to what's going on. And it is really critical for, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to call these infants, you know, they're, they're the unprotected population. They really are. They don't have a say in anything, but we have a say. And, um, we can get results in less than an hour and we can see what's going on. So if there's going to be anything in the future with, we'll, you know, if it, if it goes undetected, we're talking about hearing loss. We're talking about, you know, developmental issues. We're talking about, you know, a lot of things. And I'm not sure that we fully understand medically all of the implications with a um, a long-term um, see of the infection, especially if it starts out in utero. Um, it's really detect this and, uh, you know, get, get these um, infants, uh, treated in prophylactic acid. So did I answer your question?
0: I think
1: you did. I, I certainly want to add a, a follow-up question to say, you know, is this available in any laboratory or where does your test, where is it run? Um, and who is typically ordering it? Is it a physician who knows about a LAPS or is it a parent who's advocating for screening for their child due to some reason of a potential symptoms? or just simply to know for peace of mind for long-term follow-up? Who is typically ordering this and who knows about it um, from your perspective?
2: Yeah, so I think it would be certainly the physician would be very important, but I also think that, you know, our goal would be um, in hospitals, you know, regional and large hospitals, that, you know, this would become a mainstay in testing um, is And I don't think we're there yet. Um, that is the market that we're trying to create for the market, but the healthcare opportunity that we're trying to create to positively um, impact healthcare. So physicians certainly is our first line of defense right now.
1: Excellent. And, you know, we, we talked a little bit about why it's important to diagnose babies within the first 21 days of life. You know, from my perspective with National c Foundation, a lot of our babies are born asymptomatic and they do go on to have progressive or late onset hearing loss later in life. And they were not diagnosed at birth and they don't always get the underlying diagnosis that they're looking for to kind of go through that, that challenge, that mystery challenge of trying to figure out the underlying condition that may have caused that hearing loss. As one example, there are certainly other things that our children are dealing with, such as um, muscle weakness or low tone, um, vision issues, impairment, um, you know, other cerebral palsy, epilepsy, and other long-term developmental outcomes, cognitive, etc., cetera, um, that are worrisome if we're not diagnosing these babies because they're not properly monitored. And we are very much advocating for early intervention as a treatment option, which is why we so so much think that newborn screening is, is imperative and, and certainly an opportunity for parents to feel empowered about long-term care for their child, whether or not they go on to have any outcome. Um, so I'm just curious in terms of, you know, saliva uh, versus urine collection and versus the feedback you're hearing from healthcare providers in terms of capturing um, this screening within the first 21 days Is there pushback from the medical community at all, or are they learning about Alesia PMV and they feel as as though this is a good opportunity, and if they can or feel that there is a need to screen a child, are they optimistic about using your product?
2: I guess the way that I would answer the question is that um, what's surprising to us is that since we have gotten FDA approval and we have launched this product, there's been a lot of interest um, with our customers, in terms of adopting the test, learning about the test, and um, offering it, um, these are the testing labs and hospital labs as a as a um, an assay. But I want to reinforce the point that our claims right now are symptomatic. claims. So our test right now that's approved by the FDA. Um, would be used if an, an infant is symptomatic and has failed um, an initial hearing screening uh, or other related testing and then you know then we would reflect to our molecular acid. We do not have a screening plan um, for our current assay. Now that may change. We Depending upon how this Plays out in the healthcare uh, scenario, and you know, as people adopt this kind of testing, we may want to pursue screening plan, But I just want to be very clear right now that we don't have that right now. Should it be a screening plan? Should we? Should we go in that direction? My personal preference or my professional idea is, of course, I think that we should we should get that if we can. Um, because for me, this is a null brain question. Um, you know, we have several states in our country that, you know, have mandated, you know, skids testing and the um, So why aren't we looking at C&D? my question. Um, given its prevalence, given... The impact that it can have with DNA uh, that have been affected in general. So that's that's my view of the world. Uh, but you know, we need to remember where we are today in terms of how this test is posed.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a great point to note, right? So for symptomatic children, so as far as we know. You know, one in 200 babies are born with congenital CMV, so it is the most common congenital infection in newborns. So, if they are demonstrating symptoms, then if the healthcare provider uh, is aware of your product and is aware of you know CMV as a potential underlying condition, what this baby was potentially born with to demonstrate these symptoms, then they are screening. So that that is at least exciting information because a lot of times our parents or many a childbearing age. You know, they don't know to ask about a CMV screen. They don't know that their baby may be showing a symptom regarding congenital CMV diagnosis. So it's, you know, I think there is, you know, certainly a lack of conversation happening there during pregnancy and leading up to birth. Um, again, if there is some sort of reason to be concerned, uh, a lot of our babies are born perfectly healthy um, and may demonstrate symptoms at birth, right? But so, it's just a question of, you know, the chicken or the egg? And I think that what you guys are doing is, is tremendous in terms of pushing science forward. I think that um, looking at saliva and some of the stuff that you explained regarding why saliva essay is is really important um, and why it is, you know, easy at point of care, I think is helpful for the audience to sort of understand uh, in terms of where we are and what you guys are doing to move that forward. Um, and I just I guess I have a couple follow-up questions just regarding you know for our future parents or expecting parents you know, what resources are available to help them open a dialogue with medical professionals about newborn CMV screening where would you point them to learn more?
2: Yeah so that's a, that's a very easy question for me so um, nationalCMv.org um, and I've looked at this this uh, website quite frequently is a great resource to take a look at uh, raising awareness of what's going on. And, you know, I would encourage, um, you know, parents that are planning to have children or have recently have children, take a look at this website and ask their pediatricians, their physicians, have, you know, There's been testing, obviously, you know, postpartum, there was probably a hearing test or some other test that happened. What are the results? You know, how did that go? How many days after birth did that happen? And should we be retested? So I think providing the parents the information about this issue to actually take it to their pediatricians, um, to ask the question is going to be pretty permanent. So, for me, going to that website is very important. And you know what's really interesting about this is that probably within the last six months or so, you know, I even with my wife, I, I, we've talked about this. We said, you know, did our son get tested? Did, do we even know what the results of that test were? I don't. I don't think. You know, twenty five years ago. I, I, don't, I don't know the answer, um, which is actually pretty shocking. Um, so it just raises the need for the awareness. And if the parents or the, the new parents are educated and they understand they need to ask the question, I think that's pretty important. Um, so I just think it's an awareness thing that we need to improve. And so I think this national cnv.org site is a good first step to learn more about
1: this. Awesome. Well, we certainly agree and and we set out to really educate the public and facilitate conversation with healthcare providers and try and advocate for screening and vaccine development and and many other things. We want to make sure that we are hopefully saving future babies. Um, So, you know, we certainly appreciate that. I guess that's my final question. You know, is there anything else you'd like to leave the audience with, either about Ridian or Aletheia CMV, or just simply why screening of congenital CMV is important?
2: It's a good question. I, I guess I guess the, the only thing that I would leave you with is that, you know, I spent a large part of my career trying to develop groundbreaking diagnostic assays that will improve health care for everyone, not only, you know, adults, but also the under needs. You know, I'm talking about inner city, I'm talking about, you know, neonates that have no say in the matter, um, and to try to create things that will better inform better health care. For me, the CMB test is pivotal in that. And um, you know, I my hope is that, you know, the investment that we put into this, which is, you know, a lot of passion, a lot of perspiration, <laughs> a lot of a lot of hard work to get assays, especially new ones, through the FDA, um, I hope that it's all it it will be rewarding for um, positive health care. And I continue with with My mission here at Meridian, I continue to look at other assays that um, we need to get out into the public domain that will better inform healthcare and improve the quality of lives of everyone. And when I say everyone, I mean people that have a voice, but people like, you know, newborn children who don't have a voice, and um, letting the parents know um, what... Things are out there that, that they need to be concerned about to test their children so they have a better chance to have a healthy and productive life. So I, I guess I would end it there um, in the way that I feel. So the CMV assay is clearly, in my mind, right in that alley for what it needs to be. And we look forward to working with you at the National CMV. Um, you know, whatever you guys need from us, technically, scientifically, we are happy to work
1: with We appreciate that so much. And I just want to thank you for your time today and giving us sort of your perspective on the work that Meridian is doing, but also the importance of congenital CMB screening from your perspective. And and we just appreciate it so much. So thanks again. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening. And thank you to my guest, Larry Mertz. This podcast is brought to you by Meridian Bioscience, working to create healthcare solutions that help save lives with each discovery, each diagnosis, every patient, every day. Visit nationalcmv.org for additional topics and podcast episodes. Links for today's conversation can be found in the show notes. And don't forget... National CMV Foundation is a nonprofit organization, and we rely on donor support to bring you programming like the show you just heard. Please go to nationalcmv.org backslash donate to give online or text CMV to 41411 to give by phone. I'm Kristen Spitek. Thanks for listening.